So, where were we? Chapter 13, Nicholas Flamel. Let's do this. The rest of the team hung back to talk to each other. As usual at the end of practice, but Harry headed straight back to the Gryffindor common room, where he found Ron and Hermione playing chess. Chess was the only thing Hermione ever lost at, something Harry and Ron thought was very good for her. Don't talk to me for a moment, said Ron, when Harry sat down next to him. I needed to con- He caught sight of Harry's face. What's the matter with you? You look terrible. Speaking quietly so that no one else would hear, Harry told the other two about Snape's sudden sinister desire to be a Quidditch referee. Don't play, said Hermione at once. Say your L, said Ron. Pretend to break your leg, Hermione suggested. Really? Break your leg? said Ron. I can't, said Harry. There isn't a reserve seeker. If I back out, Gryffindor can't play at all. At, at that moment, Neville stumbled into the common room. How he managed to climb through the pottery hole was anyone's guess, because his legs had been stuck together with what they recognized at once as the leg locker curse. He must have had to bunny hop all the way up to the Gryffindor Tower. Everyone fell about laughing except Hermione, who leaped up and performed the counter curse. Neville's legs sprang apart and he got his feet trembling. What happened? Hermione asked him, leading him over to sit with Harry and Ron. Malfoy, said Neville shakily. I met him outside the library. He said he'd been looking for someone to practice that on. Go to Professor McGonagall, Hermione urged Neville. Report him, Neville shook his head. I don't I don't want more trouble, he mumbled. You've got to stand up to him, Neville, said Ron. He used to walking all over people, but that's no reason to lie down in front of him and make it easier. There's no need to tell me I'm not brave enough to be in Gryffindor. Malfoy's already done that, Neville choked. <laughs> Harry felt in the pocket of his robes and pulled out a chocolate frog. The very last from one one from the box of Hermione had given him for Christmas. He gave it to Neville, who looked as he though he might cry. You're worth twelve of Malfoy, Harry said. The sorting had chose you for Gryffindor, didn't it? And where's Malfoy? In stinking Slytherin. Neville's lips twitched in a weak smile as he unwrapped the frog. Thanks, Harry. I think I'll go to bed. Do you want the card you collect them, don't you? As Neville walked away, Harry looked at the famous wizard card. Dumbledore again, he said. He was the first one I ever, ever, he gasped. He started at the back of the card. Then he looked up at Ron and Hermione. I found him, he whispered. I found Flamel. I told you, I'd read this name somewhere before. I read it on the train coming here. Listen to this. Professor Dumbledore is practically famous for his defeat of the dark wizard Grindelwald in 1945, for the discovery of the 12 uses of dragon's blood and his work on alchemy with the, his partner Nicholas Flamel. Hermione jumped to her feet. She hadn't looked so excited since they had got back to the marks for their first piece of homework. Stay here, she said, and she sprinted up to the stairs to the girls' dormitories. Harry and Ron barely had the time to exchange mystified looks before she was dashing back an enormous old book in her arms. 
I never thought to look up, look in here, she whispered excitedly. I got this out of the library weeks ago for a bit of light reading. Light? said Ron, but Hermione told him to be quiet until she looked something up and started flicking frantically through the pages, muttering to herself. At last she found what she was looking for. I knew it! I knew it! Are we allowed to speak yet? said Ron grumpy, Hermione ignored him. Nicholas Flamel, she whispered dramatically, is the only known maker of the Philosopher's Stone. This didn't have a quite the effect he had expected. The what? said Harry and Ron. Oh, honestly, don't you two read? Look, read that. There. She pushed the book towards them and Harry and Ron read. The ancient study of alchemy is concerned with making the Philosopher's Stone a legendary substance with astonishing powers. The stone will transform any metal into pure gold. It is all to produce the elixir of our life, which will make the drinker immortal. There have been many reports of the Philosopher's Stone over the centuries, but the only stone currently in existence belongs to Mr. Nicholas Flamel, the noted alchemist and opera lover. Mr. Flamel, who celebrated his 665th birthday last year, enjoys a quiet life in Devon with his wife, Peronel. 658. See, said Hermione when Harry and Ron had finished, the dog must, must be guarding Flamel's Philosopher's Stone. I bet he asked Dumbledore to keep it safe for him because they're friends and he knew someone was after it. That's why he wanted the stone moved out of Gringotts. A stone that makes gold and stops you ever dying, said Harry. No wonder Snape's after it. Anyone would want it. And no wonder we couldn't fight Flamel in the study of recent developments in wizardry, said Ron. He's not exactly a recent if he's 665, is he? Now, don't forget, it's Locomotor Mortis, Hermione muttered, as Ron slipped his wand up his sleeve. I know, Ron snapped, don't nag. Back in the changing room, Wood had taken Harry aside. Don't want to pressure you, Potter, but if we ever need an early capture of the snitch now, it's now. Finish the game before Snape can favor Hufflepuff too much. The whole school's out there, said Fred Weasley, peering out of the door. Even blindly Dumbledore's came to watch. Harry's heart did a somersault. Dumbledore, he said, dashing to the door to make sure. Fred was right, there was no mistaking the silver bird. Harry could have laughed out loud with relief. He was safe. There was simply no way that Snape would dare to try and hurt him if Dumbledore was watching. Perhaps that was why Snape was looking so angry as, as the teams marched on the pitch, something that Ron noticed too. I've never seen Snape, Snape look so mean, he told Hermione. Look, there's off. Ouch, someone poked Ron in the back of the head. It was Malfoy. Oh, sorry, Weasley. Didn't see you there. Malfoy grinned broadly at Crab and Goyle. Wonder how long Potter's going to stay on his broom this time. Anyone want to bet? What about you, Weasley? Ron didn't answer. Snape had just awarded Hufflepuff a penalty because George Weasley had hit a bludger at him. Hermione, who had all her fingers crossed in her lap, was squinting fixedly at Harry, who was circling the game like a hawk. 
looking for the snitch. You know how I think they choose people for the Gryffindor team, said Malfoy loudly a few minutes later, as Snape's awarded Hufflepuff another penalty for no reason at all. It's people they feel sorry for, see, there's Potter, who who's got no parents, and there's the Weasleys, who've got no money. You should be on the team, Longbottom. You've got no brains. Neville went bright red but turned his seat to face Malfoy. I'm worth twelve of you, Malfoy, he stammered. Malfoy, Crab and Goyle howled with louder. But Ron, still not daring to make his eyes from the game, said, You tell him, Neville. Longbottom, if brains were gold, you'd be poorer than Weasley. And that's, say so, and that's saying something. Ron's nerves were already stretched breaking point with anxiety about Harry. I'm warning you, Malfoy, one more word. Ron said Hermione suddenly. Harry, what, where? Harry had suddenly gone into a spectacular dive, which, which drew gasps and cheers from the crowd. Hermione stood up, her fingers crossed in her mouth, as Harry straight towards the ground like a bullet. You are in luck, Weasley. Potter's obviously spotted some money on the ground, said Malfoy. Ron snapped. Before Malf Malfoy knew what was happening, Ron was on top of him, wrestling him to the ground. Neville hesitated, then clambered over the back of his seat to help. Come on, Harry! Hermione screamed, leaping on onto her seat to watch Harry speed straight at Snape. She didn't even notice Malfoy and Ron rolling around under her seat or the scuffles and yelps coming from the wheel of fists that was Neville, Crab and Goyle. Up in the air, Snape turned on his broomstick just in time to see something scarlet shoot past him, missing him by inches. Next second, Harry had pulled out of the dive, his arm raised in triumph, the snitch clasped in his hand. The stance erupted. It had to be a record no one could even remember, ever remember the snitch being caught so quickly. Ron, Ron, where are you? The game's over, Harry's won. We have won, Gryffindor are in the lead, shrieked Hermione, dancing up, down on her seat and hugging Parvati Patil in the row in front. Harry jumped off his broom a foot from the ground. He couldn't believe it, he'd done it. The game was over. It had barely lasted five minutes. As Gryffindor came spilling onto the pitch, he saw Snape land nearby, white-faced and tight-lipped. Then Harry felt a hand on his shoulder and looked up into Dumbledore's smiling face. Well done, said Dumbledore quietly so that only Harry could hear. Nice to see you haven't been brooding about that mirror. Been keeping busy. Excellent. Snape spat bitterly on the ground. <coughs> Harry left the changing room alone, some time later, to take his Nimbus 2000 back to the broom shed. He couldn't even ever remember feeling happier. He'd really done something to be proud of now. No one could say he was just a famous name anymore. The evening air had never smelled so sweet. He walked over the damp grass, relieving the last hour in his head, which was a happy blur. Gryffindors running to lift him onto their shoulders. Ron and Hermione in the distance jumping up and down, Ron cheering through the heavy nose bleed. Harry had reached the shed. He leant against the wooden door and shook 
and looked up at Hogwarts, with its windows glowing red in the setting sun. Gryffindor in the lead. He'd done it. He'd shown Snape. And speaking of Snape, a hooded figure came swiftly down the front steps of the castle. Clearly not wanting to be seen, it walked as fast as possible towards the forbidden forest. Harry's victory faded from his mind as he watched. He recognized the figure prowling walk. Snape sneaking into, into the forest while everyone else was at the diner? What was going on? Harry jumped back on his Nimbus 2000 and took off. Gliding silently over the castle, he saw Snape enter the forest at a run. He followed. The trees were so thick he couldn't see where Snape had gone. He flew in circles lower and lower, brushing the top branches of trees until he heard voices. He glided towards them and landed noiselessly in a towering beech tree. He climbed carefully along one of the branches, holding tight onto his broomstick, trying to see through leaves. Below, in a shadowy clearing, stood Snape, but he wasn't alone. Quirrell was there too. Harry couldn't make out the look on his face, but he was shuddering, stuttering worse than ever. Harry strained to catch what they were saying. Don't know what you wanted to meet me here of all place, Severus. Oh, I thought we'd keep this private, said Snape, his voice icy. Students aren't supposed to know about the Philosopher's Stone, after all. Harry leaned forward. Quirrell was mumbling something. Snape interrupted them. Have you found out how to get past the Beast of Hagrid's yet? But, but, but Severus, uh, you don't want me as your enemy, Quirrell, said Snape taking a step towards him. I, I, I don't know what you... You know perfectly well what I mean. An owl hooted loudly and Harry nearly fell out of the tree. He steadied himself in time to hear Snape say, Your little bit of hocus pocus, I'm waiting. Very well, Snape cut in. We'll have another little chat soon, when you have had the time to think over things and decided where your loyalties lie. He threw his cloak over his head and strode out of the clearing. It was almost dark now, but Harry could see Quirrell standing quite still as though he was petrified. Harry, where, where, where have you been? Hermione squeaked. We won, you won, we won, shouted Ron, thumbing Harry on the back. And I gave Malfoy a black eye and Neville tried to take on Crab and Goy single-handed. He's still out cold, but Madame Pomfrey says he'll be alright. Talk about showing Slytherin. Everyone's waiting for you in the common room. We're having a party. Fred and George stole some cakes and stuff from the kitchen. Never mind that now, said Harry breathlessly. Let's find an empty room. You wait till you hear this. He made sure Peeves wasn't inside before shutting the door behind him. Then he told them what he had seen and heard. So, we were right. It is the Philosopher's Stone and Snape's trying to force Quirrell to help him to get it. He asked if he knew how to get past Fluffy and he said something about Quirrell's hocus pocus. I reckon there are other things guarding this stone apart from Fluffy. Love lots of enchantments, probably, and Quirrell would have done some anti-dark art spell, which Snape needs to break through. 
So you mean the stone's only safe as long as Krill stands up to Snape, said Hermione in alarm. It'll be gone by next Tuesday, said Ron. The end.